the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from the Playdraft Studios, with your hosts, Mike Wright, Ben Cummins, and Chris Meany. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. This is the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. We're bringing DFS for the rest of us from the top to the bottom. Let those fools know you got them. I am your host, Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? I'm joined, as always, by my fantastic, intriguing, delightful, oh-so-frightful co-host, Mr. Chris Meany. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, man. Yeah, you know, when I hear your voice and how fired up you get for this show, and it just it puts a big smile on my face, and I'm ready to rock now. You are correct, man. I am fired up. Woo. My pants have incinerated. It's time for week five. We're going to play some DFS. Ben Cummins, how are you doing, buddy? I'm right there with Meanie. I'm feeling alive for week five, Michael. And I got to say, these introductions have been flames this year. I love it. I'm working on it. I got my rhyme dictionary. I got my 1980s B-boy hip hop going on, teaching me what I got to do. And you know what you got to do? We got to talk about some cash picks, my friends. Straight cash, homie. So if you're new to the show and you uh, you want to know how things go, how do we flow on the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast? <laughs> Get it. Uh, <laughs> we we talk about your your cash game picks. These are those 50-50 lineups. You're playing it a little bit safer because the top half of the players, the top half wins some money. You double up your money where, you know, whatever, just about double it up. And then we move into the tournament plays. Maybe you got to get a bit contrarian. You got to search a little bit more for the ceiling. That's just your friendly reminder how things go on this show. So, like I said, we're going to start you with those know. cash. <laughs> the night opening day gonna... up low. Let's go get that dough. Oh, hey. oh, oh! My goodness, I'm going to have to drop a beat <laughs> with some heat. It's getting out of control over here. All right, Chris, that's enough with that. Chris, does anybody want a peanut? Uh, if anyone gets that reference. All right, uh, Chris Meany, yes. at the quarterback position, we're talking cash. Who who are you playing? It's Cam Newton. Surprise, surprise. I'm coming Booty scooting. with Cam Newton. Cam yes, uh, we didn't get to play him last week. He was on the bye, so he returns. Uh, the Giants' defense played a little bit better last week against the Saints for sure, but Football Outsider still has them as the fifth-worst defense overall, 24th against the pass. And like I've said numerous times, Cam is just safe. He's averaging the fourth-most fantasy points per game. 136 rushing yards gives him a solid floor. At the quarterback position, he's first in carries, rushing yards, touchdowns. He's got three of them, so he's just a safe option. And he's a little bit more expensive now, but, I mean – in this range, it's, you're not saving a whole lot of money in those top few quarterbacks. So I like Cam. And then I'll go over to Matt Ryan. And I know we're going to talk a lot about this game. And we're going to talk about Big Ben from Ben. It's a high total, 57.5. And the Atlanta defense, both of these defenses have just looked brutal, awful. And it's resulted in a lot of throwing. Both of them have great players. And for Ryan, second in fantasy points per game, 12 touchdowns. 329 passing yards per contest is what he's averaging. The Steelers have allowed the third most yards per game, the fourth most passing yards per game, the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. I mentioned that high total. That you know Ryan's got a new weapon in Calvin Ridley. He's got a nice slot wide receiver in Sanu. I like Julio. We'll talk about him a little bit more. Devontae Freeman comes back, so I expect to shoot out a lot of points. Sure, 50. I mean, 
7.5 over Ice under. of the year. Insanity. Crazy. Yeah. To say the least, Matt Ryan has been a beast. Ben Cummins, who are your quarterbacks? <laughs> Time to feast. Uh, I am looking at my two favorite <laughs> games of the week for fantasy purposes, meaning right on the money here um, with Falcons and Steelers. So I'm looking at Big Ben as the home quarterback. Uh, you know, everything. Got to pay that, up. Yeah, you do. And so actually my favorite I'm saving here for a second. But – Big Ben makes a ton of sense at home. He actually leads the league in passing yards at the moment, and the Falcons are just so banged up. And the Steelers' defense is not solid either. And so, again, that could facilitate a shootout. The Falcons rank 25th in passing yards allowed per game and 27th in pass DVOA. So super, super solid. But, yes, you do have to pay up. So – what I'm actually looking at, my favorite cash game quarterback of the week at the moment is the home quarterback in another matchup that I really like, the Packers at the Lions. And I was really intrigued by Aaron Rodgers, but now Devontae Adams' injury with other injuries in that passing Randall Cobb, forward, Geronimo. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, I'm, I'm kind of shying away a little bit because Rodgers isn't 100% himself, and he's a little bit more expensive than Mr. Matthew Stafford, who this matchup isn't – super solid because the the Packers defense is pretty good although their cornerbacks are young and we just know that Stafford's been solid for so long uh, and this is an offense that facilitates you know more uh, passing success he's got great weapons it's a game that should um, you know obviously kind of somewhat turn into a shootout there should be fantasy goodness here and the cherry on top for Stafford who's been solid for so long is that he's only $5,700 on DraftKings where, you know, if you're not paying for him and you're trying to go cheap, you know, Blake Bortles is in a good matchup and we'll talk about him in a bit. But Bortles is a little bit more of a risky play regardless and is not at home. So I think that it's the price and the game and playing at home that has me really into Stafford this week. I'm loving the price on Stafford as well. You're talking about 11.4% of your budget over on DraftKings. He's actually a better value over there. So if you're thinking about starting your lineup with Matthew Stafford, maybe you want to shoot it over to DraftKings. And, of course, all of that information is available in the Ultimate DFS Pass, our premium resource for DFS information. All the picks from these fine fellas, uh, tools you can use, game lines, it, it just a a really easy way to break down players you should be targeting and starting your lineups with. I encourage everyone to check it out. That's at ultimatedfspass.com. Moving right along to the running backs, Chris Meany, who are you interested in? Yeah, I'm going to take a look at the second highest total of the week between the Oakland Raiders and the Los Angeles Chargers. That's at 53.5. Same thing, really, as Pittsburgh and Atlanta. These defenses have not looked good to start. Yeah, the Raiders are allowing the second most points per game, the third most rushing yards per game, and the ninth most fantasy points to running backs. And Football Outsiders has the rest of VOA ranked at 28th in the league. And Melvin Gordon has done most of his damage through the year. 78 touches ranked 7th. His 34 targets and 24 catches ranked 3rd. We know he's safe. We know when they get down inside the 
the red zone. They're giving him the ball. He's always been top 10 in red zone rushing attempts. And on the other side of the football, Marshawn Lynch, I feel pretty comfortable rolling him out in cash. I've been pretty nice. impressed over mm-hmm. you know the first four weeks of the season. John Gruden has made him the workhorse. He's been one of the most consistent running backs to start 2018. He's not priced in that top tier on DraftKings or on FanDuel. There's a little bit of a value on both sites there. 78 touches tied for the seventh most and 68 carries ranked fifth. And he also ranks fifth with three rushing touchdowns and third with 300 yards on the ground. And he also has 10 catches on the resume this season. That's right. Lynch catching some footballs. And for the Raiders, you know, they've ranked their offense second in the league. They have the second Woo! most yards. It's probably mostly because of their defense. Wow. Car, car over 400 yards last week against the Browns. So this defense has been so bad. The Chargers defense has been so bad as well, allowing the fifth most points per game and 25th against the run. I just feel like there's going to be a lot of points and these backs are going to get, they're going to touch the football a lot. And what I find oh. intriguing, Meanie, real quick about beast mode here is that his opportunities have increased all four weeks of the season opportunities being carries and targets to the point where he saw 25 of them last week, totaled 157 yards. So a very interesting call because the Chargers defense, to your point, especially without Bosa, has been not as good as we thought that they would be. So, Ben, we like to hit him high. We like to hit him low. So let the people know which players are good to go. <laughs> That's exactly what we're doing. I love it. Keep it rolling. And, uh, you know, again, a reminder that in cash – especially you want to pay up for running backs. And so we are going to hit you high and hit you low, but we've got to remind you of that because Todd Gurley, I'm not really going to talk about him because we don't need to spend time on him. I think everybody realizes how good of a play he is. That's kind of where you want to be looking. But because he's so obvious, let's look at Christian McCaffrey, who, like me and he said, the Panthers were on by last week, so we didn't get to – I didn't get to talk about my boy. So – now I'm going to bring the noise. So he had McCaff- to ice up. <laughs> McCaffrey yeah, at kidding. home against this Giants defense. Another one that you may think, okay, the Giants D, they're kind of solid. No, they're not, especially against the run. 29th in rushing yards allowed per game this year, 29th in run DVOA. Um, obviously, McCaffrey isn't Alvin Kamara, but he's kind of a similar player a little. We saw what Alvin Kamara did last week against them. Even TJ Yeldon. Back in week one when Leonard Fournette got hurt, came in and had success against this Giants run D. They're not good. And McCaffrey is going to be involved no matter what in the run and in the passing games. He's third in the league in opportunities per game with 24. So like literally he checks every box this week and he will be locked into my cash lineup. But it is a little bit of a tough week. I mean, there's a lot of guys that I want to pay up for, um, even more so a little bit at the wide receiver position. So TJ Yeldon at $5,600 on DraftKings makes sense. Um, I, you know, I wouldn't say he's my favorite play, but 5600 make puts him in play because we know that when guaranteed opportunity becomes available, especially if it's a good matchup in cash, even if Yeldon doesn't blow up, he gives you that solid floor um, against a Chiefs defense that's 21st in rushing yards allowed per game, thir- dead last in run DVOA, according to Football Outsiders. We know there's no four net. We know Yeldon can be involved on the ground and through the air, which kind of makes him game script independent, which is huge. And it's a little concerning. This is why I would, say, I would say he's not my favorite play, that in the games that Fournette was out, Yeldon actually didn't see as many opportunities as the games that he kind of came in week one and last week to – 
come on for relief for Fournette, but we do know that he was dealing with an ankle injury a little bit which it seems like he's kind of over that now, saw 21 opportunities last week, played well, is averaging 17.8 for the season, uh, even with Fournette playing a little bit in a couple of games, and that's a pretty healthy, solid amount there. So for that price, for the matchup against a bad Chiefs defense, I mean, we saw Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman both do exactly everything that they wanted to do against this defense. I mean, Royce Freeman's just literally bouncing off dudes um, Yeldon's in a good spot this week as well. Love it. Chris Meany, I don't want it to be a head scratcher. So who are your favorite pass catchers? Yeah, I'll go yes, with, I, um, <laughs> I know he's killing it, man. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, Adam Thielen, <laughs> uh, you know, for Adam Thielen, he ranks first on DraftKings and FanDuel on points per game. 56 targets are the most in the NFL. His 40 catches ranks second. His 473 yards ranks second. He's had at least 100 yards and 12 targets in every single game. And there's two numbers that stand out to me in this Eagles and Vikings game. And it's 63. That's the one number, in fact. 63. That's how many rushing yards the Minnesota Vikings are averaging per game on the ground. And I don't even know if Dalvin Cook's going to play, but I don't think it matters because the Eagles are only allowing 63 rushing yards against on the ground. Kirk Cousins has thrown the ball more than any other quarterback in the NFL so far this season. And I've said this before on this show over the past few weeks, the way to attack the Eagles is through the air. Jalen Mills is like chilling on a cushion. Like he's leaving so many guys wide open. And for Thielen, he's going to have a field day. Diggs is going to have a field day. I love both of these guys. We're not into tournament quarterbacks and, Think about Cousins as well because the Eagles just can't stop anybody in the secondary. 64 catches to the wide receiver position is the third most in the league. And then over to TJ Boyd, or Tyler Boyd rather, Ben brought yes. him up last week. So on DK's he prices, he has transformed up a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, he leads the Bengals in targets, catches, and yards. Who would have thought that, right? He's been, he's been so good this season. 11 of his 15 targets he, he caught last week for 100, 100 yards. He has two 100-yard games three with at least 91 receiving yards. The slot wide receiver position is one of the safest in football. Andy Dalton and Boyd just have a connection right now. His price in DK has jumped up where it's fine. I mean, you get that full point for the catch. He's got 26 of them on the season on 36 targets. On FanDuel, I feel like he's getting a little bit of disrespect because people maybe, I don't know, whoever's making the prices are thinking, well, you only get half a point for a catch. He's the 28th highest priced wide receiver on FanDuel. He's an absolutely absolute steal over there. And the Bengals, surprisingly, a 28.5 team implied total. It's the fifth highest of the week. Mm. Now, Ben, I'm looking over these names. Yes, sir. You're going to have to work if you're going to make me a believer of that wide receiver. Hit me. All right. Well, I mean, we like our receivers to catch the ball, especially when they get the call. So. <laughs> yeah, generally hey, it's speaking. Even, it's even better when Wait, wait. So you like guys that catch the ball, so you're going with Devin Funches? <laughs> uh, would you, I would like to finish my rhyme here. We like guys that catch oh, the ball. Oh, I am so even, rude of me. Especially when they get the call, so it's even better when they're tall. And that's exactly oh. what Devin Funches is. But he usually lets the ball fall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, he does at times, but... Um, we have turned into a Dr. Seuss podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll come out in front and say that these are not my two favorite wide receiver plays of the week, but I'm not trying to save some money. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to bring yeah. some value plays to the table because we're not talking about every single player. Guys, I love Thielen too. Meanie's on top of that. Devontae Adams, if he's healthy, Juju Smith-Schuster, Antonio Brown. There's other guys in the DFS pass. So you like good players. Yes, but to save a little <laughs> bit of money. Devin Funches at only $5,200 should not be that cheap. It's just that simple. Without Greg Olson, 
he is getting that call and he has continued to see volume. You know, it's a very small sample size this year, but we can also go back to last year and see that he's been heavily involved without Olsen. We know that McCaffrey is essentially their wide receiver one. But other than that, it is Funchess. In the past two games, he's averaging eight targets a game. And this is a pretty solid matchup at home. Janoris Jenkins has not been very good this year. Devin Funchess does have that size advantage against him. And he's going to see enough volume. He paid off the Panthers' last game in a game where I think Cam Newton threw 150 passing yards. I feel pretty solid that Cam's going to throw for more passing yards than that this week. And so it's not... A super sexy play. I will absolutely agree with you there. But again, in a week where I want to pay up once again for running backs, and there are some intriguing high-end wide receivers in very, very exciting games, as we've already touched on, you know, we want to get exposure to those games. So here's a way to save money. And another very intriguing way to save money. Um, and I get that this is cash and this is a little bit tougher to believe in. So maybe you decide personally you want to pivot to Mohamed Sanu in tournaments. But I personally believe because of the game that he plays in at only $4,000 on DraftKings, he's actually been fairly involved still in Atlanta. He actually is still second on the Falcons in targets and receptions ahead of Calvin Ridley. Now, Calvin Ridley's all the rage because he scored the touchdowns. I'm very confident that there's no way that Ridley can continue that touchdown ceiling. He's going to regress at some point. And Sanu was still super involved last week in a high-scoring game. So I like to look at it two ways. Yes, I want to find my high exposure to these games that are, are great, but at the same time, Guys that are a little bit cheaper that you otherwise wouldn't necessarily think of, they become more interesting in shootouts like this where there should be a lot of points. We've already talked about both defenses are banged up. Sanu is very interesting because he is still second on the team in looks. And Devontae Freeman might not play again. We've seen this offense kind of boomerang too. Matt Ryan just bawling out, doing what he was doing two years ago. And I think even though they're on the road, this is another spot for Matt Ryan to perform. And you're going to have to find a way to save money somewhere. You can't just do it at tight end and quarterback and defense because of how many good plays there are at running back and wide receiver. So Sanu becomes on the map for those reasons. Sanu, more targets, not just more targets and, you know, more snaps and more routes run than than Ridley as well. I like it. Yeah, we like our players to be on the field. I'm with I'm with Ben. I know everyone's very excited for Calvin Ridley, um, uh, but are you excited for Aldrick Robinson? <laughs> I mean, you right. just right just because a dude came through with two touchdowns, you have to take a look at how that happened and what is the actual probability of it continuing. All right, Chris Meany, my friend, talk to me about that tight end. Yeah, I can only talk about Ertz so much, so I'll, I'll talk about somebody else, I guess. But if you have the money, just pay for Ertz. This guy's awesome. Jared Cook, tight end one. Yeah. What is going on? I don't, this guy, and he's <laughs> yep. still only only 9.6% of your budget. I mean, he's $100 more than Jimmy Graham. And Jared Cook, and we're talking about DraftKings. Like, what is happening? Uh, I know, oh, and man. he's and, and $2,000 cheaper just about 
1800 fewer cheaper than Zach Ertz. And, ridiculous. And like on FanDuel. So, I mean, he enters tight end one in fantasy football. I mentioned the Raiders defense is being so awful in Oakland, having the second most yards per game so far this season. He leads all tight ends, 370 yards. He has two 100-yard games this season. He only had two last year. He comes in with 35 targets, 26 catches, two touchdowns, which he scored last week. He leads the Raiders and catches targets and yards. And this Chargers secondary, as I mentioned earlier, the allowing the 10th most yards per game, the fifth most points. So, I mean, Cook, it's we're all waiting for that stinker of a game to happen. But, hey, man, like these targets that Crabtree was getting and these other looks, like they're going to Cook. And Carr and Cook, are they got it going on right now. And I'm just – I'm not going to ignore it in a high tone. And, look, I know you're going to talk about him in a second, but – with Amari Cooper in and kind of a, a tough matchup there, that could even force even more targets to cook. It's crazy. I don't know what's happening, but I do know in my league of record, I waited and waited and waited at tight end and continued to get sniped. And I just grabbed cook late and it's paid off so far. So let's keep it going. baby. Yeah. All right. All right, Ben, who's your, your tight end? Well, play? everybody knows you don't need pants when you're doing the Vance dance. So oh, no exactly pants for the Vance dance. What we're doing this week because he is the Muhammad Sanu version um, at the tight end position. This is the way you get cheap exposure to the Steelers offense. And, you know, didn't play for a couple weeks, was banged up. I, I'm sitting there in the, in, in the, during training camp and thinking, oh my gosh. I mean, he finally yeah. blows up. You know, he has the worst. That upside and now he's not even practicing at all during training camp. Definitely had me weary, but he comes back with a vengeance. I mean, literally stiff arms Chris Conti into injured reserve submission and <laughs> then sees five targets again last week. And, you know, everybody saw, Jesse James have success this year, too. The tight end position on Pittsburgh is a very interesting one. And over the last two weeks, Vance McDonald has seen 10 targets, Jesse James only two. And if you go back to last year at the end of the year, we know which one of those two the coaching staffs wants to utilize as the pass-catching weapon. It is Vance McDonald. This amazing fantasy game should increase his ceiling. And he's kind of the Tyler Boyd in a way of like, what, he, what we've seen him do over the last two weeks, he shouldn't be $3,700. I get that a lot of tight ends are you know pretty cheap on DraftKings, but for the upside that he possesses in this matchup, and we just know how dead the tight end position is in general right now, Like even if Vance McDonald doesn't have a very good game, he's not going to kill you for that price at all. So I'm pretty much all in, and hey, it worked yes. at the end of – uh, 2017. <laughs> so let's do it again. Um, real quick, Jimmy Graham makes a ton of sense, especially with all of the injuries in Green Bay in a good matchup against the Lions defense that has looked good on paper and passing yards allowed, but they haven't played that many good teams. And when they played the Patriots, I mean, they just stunk it up. And granted, that was Detroit to a certain extent, but I don't think they're as good as that shows us because actually, if you look at football outsiders past DVOA, which again is supposed to provide a little bit more context, Detroit's ranks 28th, which is one of the worst in the league. So Rodgers, I expect to find success. And if Adams is out and Allison's out and Cobb's out, Jimmy Graham should have a boost in um, volume, a boost in productivity, and he's a little bit more expensive. And maybe, you know, he's not the sexiest play anymore because he hardly ever puts up yards, but he should be a solid play in cash for all those factors. Before we jump into the tournament picks, Support for today's show comes from Pristine Auction, the best sports memorabilia website in the known universe. Ladies and gentlemen, they are putting up hundreds of things every single day, hundreds of new items to go check out and bid on. I'm talking like a signed 
Keenan Allen jersey that I am looking at right now. Our office is completely decked out. David Johnson, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, all of these signed jerseys were made possible because we went over to Pristine Auction and we're getting them at incredible deals, incredible steals. Trust me, you've just got to have a peek to find out what we're talking about. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. You make that completely free account when you do. Let them know that the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast sent you. The account is free. Placing a bid is free. None of this BS bullcrap where you have to pay to bid. Pristine auction, always on the up and up. Great guys over there. Like I said, hundreds of new things every single day. That's why I'm logging on every single day. Just just see what's going on. A little peaksky. Check it out. PristineAuction.com. And if you're going to sign up with FanDuel or DraftKings this weekend, please use the promo code BALLERS. It's going to help you out. It's going to help us out. Let's move it on to our tournament picks. You down with GPP? All right, Chris Meany. We're talking tournaments. We're talking upside. How are you going to attack that quarterback. <laughs> no, nothing for that one. That's was, where you draw the line, Chris. Black there, yeah. yeah I, I was. Love it. I, th- I thought you, you were going to continue. You to decided go. to fade to black. <laughs> yeah, good call. Come uh, on, man, help me out. Yeah, I got you now. Um, you know, it's going to be really hard to, to get away from that Atlanta and Pittsburgh game. It really is, but um, right. I, I'm going to that second high total. I touched a lot about this Chargers and Raiders game, and Philip Rivers. Yes, you know he's got 11 touchdowns, the second most in the NFL. The Raiders they've allowed the six most passing yards. They rank 31st past DVOA according to Football Outsiders, and overall just the second worst defense in the league, allowing the second most points. So this is a no brainer. I look for for guys like Keenan Allen just to to have a monster day. We're wondering where he's been uh, since Week One, really. So Philip Rivers and all of his weapons. Lock them, load them, and watch the points pile up. And and I'm gonna just go outside the box here, just a little bit. I was gonna. Oh no, no, I love it. I was. You do nice. I was yes. gonna go um, with Derek Carr, but you know who wants to listen to me talk about Derek Carr? Oh, so I was talking to my buddy um, Jake Seeley today, who's also in the Ultimate DFS Pass. He provides some information for us uh, for those who have the pass. If not, you're missing out. Go get it. Uh, we talked about Joe Flacco today. And I asked Jake if he remembered who Joe Flacco's weapons were last year. And we kind of puzzled. We were like, hmm, yeah, Mike Wallace, we didn't do much. Jeremy Macklin, he's retired. Um, Perriman, where is he? Never heard of him, really. More, not in the field. Nobody. And so far this year, Flacco, whether it's having three quarterbacks on the roster that's lit a fire under him or having Lamar Jackson just coming in on the football field every once in a while, Flacco is balling out, man. He's averaging 313 passing yards and two touchdowns per game. He's got those three new weapons in his arsenal in Brown and Crabtree and Willie Sneed. He's got a bunch of tight ends, two running backs that can play and can catch out of the backfield. The defense is phenomenal. And Flacco is top 10 in passing yards, touchdowns, completions. His 174 passing attempts rank fourth in the NFL. The Browns just allowed almost 450 yards to Derek Carr last week, and they've given up the ninth most passing yards per game. And just overall, Cleveland has allowed the eighth most yards per game. So Baltimore, I'm just looking at the pace of play. They run 74.8 plays per game. That's the most in football. Over on Football Outsiders, you look at some of the their pace stats, and it just 
it discards plays when the score differential is greater than 10 points in the first half, plays when the score differential is greater than eight points in the third quarter, plays in the fourth quarter overtime. It really just kind of looks at plays. It's a neutral game. Yes, exactly. And if you go look over there at just the, the amount of plays that they run, uh, 24 seconds per play, that's the third most. And then in a neutral situation, a tie score close to it, they're running plays at 27.55 seconds, 27 seconds per play. That's the third. That's the second highest mark in football. So okay. they are not only just chucking the football, but they're doing it quickly and efficient. Baker Mayfield had four turnovers last week to the Raiders. I think he's going to struggle against his defense. He's going to get Jimmy Smith back. They're not allowing a lot of points. They're not allowing a lot of yards or passing yards. I think Flacco could just fall into a situation where he doesn't need to throw the ball as much as we've seen, he can just have four, maybe three or four touchdowns to right. get his and be on the way. And I'm just looking on DraftKings mostly because if you want to spend down and just get some value for some of these high players that we're talking about all over the place, you see in this $5,000 range, there's not a lot of guys that really kind of jump out at you. Like Dalton's decent, Stafford, Ben touched on, Bortles has a good matchup. And you just see Flacco at $5,400. Putting Flacco in your lineup lets you do a lot of nice things. And we'll talk about it a little bit later on. Joe Flacco, he's at this point. He now he reminds me of like a super, super lazy superhero who was sitting on the couch. He got his check and he's like, eh, yeah, I won the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't have to do anything. And then the Ravens reminded him, no, you're in the NFL. You better play or you're going to lose your job. And he said, oh, fine, fine. <laughs> yeah, and he does play. look on his face a lot, but man, he looks. He looks different this year. He looks motivated. And I said those weapons, he's never, like, besides that Super Bowl year, you know, Bolden and they've had some players on that team. But this year, I mean, he's got some weapons. And last year, he had nothing to work with. Yeah, John Brown is really oh, yeah. paying off as a free agent yeah, signing for the I was Baltimore say, Ravens. I'm listening to all of this, and all I keep thinking is, okay, so just continue to play John Smokey Brown. Yeah, yeah oh, of course. Sure. Yeah. All right, Ben, who you like at the quarterback Yeah, position? I alluded to it earlier. Blake Bortles is in this spot. Now, um, I definitely think – like I get that the matchup is so good that um, I'm sure some are going to consider him a cash. I just think that he's more of a tournament player. He's thrown for under 200 yards twice this year and then over 300 yards twice. And, you know, Fournette being out should, in theory, um, increase the the upside here. But we did not see that a couple weeks ago against the Titans. Granted, the Titans are looking really solid. Um, and this matchup is really good. Now, they are on the road, uh, and the Chiefs are a tough place to play. But the Chiefs are so bad, and we continue want to attack. We continue to want to attack this defense. They're literally dead last in passing yards allowed per game. They rank 30th in pass DVOA. We know Bortles can provide a little bit with his legs, which not only can increase his floor, but can increase his upside as well. The problem with him in general and mostly in tournaments is we don't know who to stack him with, but you know, there's all it's always worth a chance to, you know, pick pick and choose which wide receiver you want to play. And I have kind of a thought on that here in a little bit. But also, I don't think anybody should scoff at playing Jared Goff this week uh, because um, I'll tell you why. Now, they played on Thursday night and they went absolutely insane. 465 passing yards, five pass touchdowns. We all love to praise Sean McVay, myself included. He's amazing. But Jared Goff looked absolutely unbelievable. And I think with, you know, some of these amazing fantasy games, that we've been talking about this week, it's going to be easy for people to overlook golf, especially I still think there's a little bit of Seahawks allure where it's like, oh, okay, 
Yes. Um, and it's in Seattle. So all of those factors. But at the end of the day, you look and I should also say, if you look at Seattle's uh, numbers against the pass on paper, they actually look really good. So it's like, wait a minute. OK, I guess Seattle's a little bit, you know, they're just Seattle, like even with all these injuries. But let's take a second to look at who they've played. Case Keenum, yeah. Mitch Trubisky, who, yes, he just blew up last week, but uh, that, you know, it took him three weeks to get to that point. Dak Prescott and Josh Rosen. They have not played a quarterback the caliber of Jared Goff and an offense the caliber of the Rams. And we know that Earl Thomas just got hurt last year. Take him off the field. They really have nobody left from that Legion of Boom. This is a secondary that can be attacked. Jared Goff in one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in all of football. That is a recipe for high upside. And again, those those factors that I threw out there, I think kind of low ownership percentage, even though I don't know if that's necessarily what it should be. So he's intriguing in tournaments for me. Let's talk about the running back position. Chris Meany, throw out a couple options for us. Yeah, I go, um, you know, kind of outside the box here a little bit too as well. Uh, David Johnson is somebody I think that you can get. David Johnson's outside the box now? (laughs) Yeah, he is because the team averages nine points per game. Like, (laughs) they're not very good. And we've only seen one good game from David Johnson. Like, he is good. He's awesome. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not saying that he's not right. a great football player. I think you, know, you are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, last week we we saw, you know, the old DJ, and I think it's because they hung around in that game against Seattle. Uh, DJ had a season-high 22 carries, 26 touches. He also totaled a season-high 71 rushing yards and 41 yards through the air, 20-plus touches, 100-plus yards. That's, that's DJ that we knew in, in 2016. And this game as well. I think Arizona is going to be able to, to hang around with the 49ers. They've allowed the six most points per game, the eighth most points to running backs as well, fantasy points, that is. So I think he can hang around. He can get some touches. I feel like they finally realized that we need to get the ball to David Johnson. Part of that is a quarterback change, I yeah, think. Yeah, competent sure. quarterback really helps. Yes. Absolutely. And then the other running back is, is Deion Lewis. And Deion Lewis is priced, you know, I think just too low. This could be a Derrick Henry game. If they get into Buffalo and they get up, maybe he starts to show us something. But for me, I have to go Lewis. Even with 11 fewer carries than Henry, he's he's been more efficient. He's outgained him on the ground, 259 to 175. He's got 21 targets and 18 catches. They rank second on the Titans. We know about their issues. It's just Corey Davis, really, uh, in that offense. Taylor, sure. Um, but Lewis is, is the second option. Uh, for Marcus Mariota and and you know last year he had success against the Bills at over 220 rushing yards in two games against them I wouldn't take any stock into that game last week against the Eagles where he only had four carries I mentioned that it's a tough team to run on so I like Lewis I mean $5,400 on DraftKings I feel like he's going to get some work on the ground and he's going to get some work through the air all right Ben well, you without Le'Veon Bell, I have a story to tell, and uh, I don't think that people mm. should be writing off James Conner just yet. And I get that things have cooled off for him. He's not a goner. He's not, he's not a goner. It was. It's, it was it's much. It's much. Ben, it was right there. It was right there for you, <laughs> and you failed. All right, I'll try for the next one. Uh, but no, I don't think we should write him off just yet. White the belt. volume is still there. We're talking about. We continue to talk about how amazing. Um, this fantasy game should be. And I get that in general, that's probably going to favor the passing offenses. But we've seen James Conner be involved. Again, another one of these guys that can get you points on the ground and through the air. He's still ninth in opportunities per game at 21.8 at the running back position. He has that guaranteed workload. There's no bell there yet, although that could be coming. Um, 
in the matchups there too. It's not just the favorable fantasy game, but the Falcons rank 26 in rushing yards allowed per game, 30th in run DVOA. They're banged up. We know how many receptions they can allow to running backs. We saw Geo get it done, getting two rushing touchdowns. I think that you know, it's it's going to be exciting for people. You know, we've already talked about Sanu and Vance and and AB. This could be the week he blows up and Juju and and Julio. All of these guys, Big Ben, Big Ben and Matt Ryan as well. It's going to be so easy to want to go to them that I think Connor can be overlooked a little bit in tournaments. And you know, it it not only makes sense because he could be a little bit low owned, but also because we know the volume is there. And I think this is a, a week where. Um, you know, James Conner gets back to doing a little bit what we saw in week one. And then even though, you know, in general, you do want to look at safety at the running back position, not only in cash, but in tournaments as well, because it's kind of the James Conner theory that I just threw out. Like, even though he hasn't done much lately, like he has the volume if this game script goes well. Now, Aaron Jones, that's not necessarily the case with him because Jamal Williams and Ty Montgomery are going to continue to be involved. However, I still think there are reasons to pull the trigger on him, uh, maybe an, at least a couple of your tournament lineups because he's only $4,300. It's another good game that I like for fantasy purposes at Detroit. The Lions uh, are dead last in rushing yards allowed per game. They're 27th in run DVOA, so it's a good matchup. The uh, It's a good fantasy game. We have Aaron Jones playing for Aaron Rodgers, who is looking a little bit healthier. And we see now this is his third week back from suspension. He only saw um, seven opportunities in week three, and then he jumped up to 12 in week four. Not too much of a jump, but also at the end of the day, we have all these injuries we're talking about in Green Bay to where I think they're going to have to rely on Jones a little bit more. And before last week, we see Aaron Rodgers talking up Aaron Jones in the media. Like he clearly wants Jones more involved. I think we saw them take a step in that direction last week, and I think we see another step in that direction this week in a good matchup in a good game at a favorable price. So he's very intriguing to me in tournaments, especially with the salary that you can save playing him. Chris Meany, talk to me about uh, some wide receivers here. So obviously there's you know some high-priced wide outs uh, this week, but Julio Jones is, is a guy that I want to spend up for. I mean, he's $600 cheaper than Antonio Brown. I just feel like the fantasy community is sour on Jones. All I've heard is that he has zero touchdowns and three in the last two years, and Calvin Ridley's better than him, yada, it's so yada, crazy, yada. Though. Like Jones, so crazy. I know, it's nuts. Eventually, it, we keep saying it, eventually it's going to turn around, but it doesn't Maybe it like won't. every week he's <laughs> trucking a dude, like ripping through a tackle, and then at the five-yard line he's – 90% yeah. through the last tackle to score, and somehow they bring him down. It's insane. And he, or he's not even on the field when they oh. get inside the red zone. We've seen that numerous times. Like It's super frustrating, but at the end of the day, he has 46 targets, the fourth most in football. He's 29 catches, ranked sixth. He has 502 receiving yards. That's the most in football. He's got five grabs in each game. This matchup, we've already you know, touched on it so many times, but um, just a reminder that the Steelers are allowing the third most yards per game, the fourth most passing yards per game, and the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. And just to the wide receiver position in general, 888 receiving yards. It's the second most in football, and they've given up seven touchdowns to them. So maybe he can find a way to get inside the end zone. I'm just, I'm playing him. Uh, I, I even love the mega stack with, with Sanu in there as well. And then Cooper. Yeah, I understand it could be a little bit of a tough matchup, and I understand that Cooper has frustrated everybody. You could have played him twice this week or twice this year in tournaments, and 
and lost, or you could have played him twice in tournaments and won because he's he's had two tournament winning performances, eight catches on 12 targets, 128 yards last week. Week two, he caught all 10 of his targets for 116 yards. The Chargers defense, Ben touched on it, has not lived up to the hype, mostly due to all of their injuries. They're not getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. They've allowed the 10th most yards per game, the fifth most points per game. They're allowing the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers and eight touchdowns allowed to wide outs are the third most in the league. So this is a high total. I want a piece of it. And again, the Raiders, it's just their defense is so bad. It's, it's just leaving Derek Carr no choice but to throw the football. All right, Ben, you left, you left us salivating thinking about Jacksonville Jaguars wide receivers and how you got one that you're going all in on. Who's that guy? I like Mr. Keelan Cole. Gross! I like Mr. Keelan Cole. I'm just, and, just yeah, kidding. <laughs> it, it is kind of gross. It is. like Deciding who you're going to play in this passing game is gross. But it's kind of the Amari Cooper corollary. Like, it's the tournament thought process. You have to embrace that, those question marks, knowing that this is such a good matchup for Blake Bortles. It is a game that Blake Bortles is probably going to have to throw. And it's a game where, even though Yeldon makes sense for his his volume and his price, you know, they're probably not going to be able to lean on him. And so it's going to be Bortles. And that could crash and burn. Or we've seen Blake Bortles have very high upside performances in his uh, toolbox as well. And so if we see that, I I just kind of keep thinking about what we saw from Keelan Cole in week two, I believe it was, against the the Patriots, catching seven of eight targets for 116 yards and a touchdown, catching that insane Odell Beckham-like one-handed catch. He has that talent, and the matchup is so solid that um, he makes sense, especially at $4,900. Again, the problem is we have D.D. Westbrook, who makes sense too. Dante Moncrief, who I was on two weeks ago, and then he blows up last week. And that's just kind of what you're going to get from a lot of pass-catching cores, especially the Jaguars. But I just think that the matchup makes a lot of sense, and he is the guy that I would roll the dice on. But another guy I do want to talk about, so we kind of hit him low first. Now I want to hit him high because when we first started this podcast – before last season, and we kind of talked about general theories at the wide receiver position in tournaments. One of the things that we highlighted literally was Golden Tate's beginning of, I think it was 2016, where Calvin Johnson was finally gone. Um, I was all aboard. He you know, had been solid over and over. And then his first month of the season uh, that year, he really didn't do much. And everyone was scratching their heads But we have to remember that three or four games in the NFL is just three or four games. It's such a small sample size. But due to the, the, you know, having to wait a week for the games, it feels like a lifetime. And I think that to a certain extent, that's a little bit what we have with Keenan Allen. And I think that they're kind of similar players in a way as well. Like Keenan Allen had a solid game in week one, but since then he's had three kind of dud games, but Meany's already talked about how he loves Phillip Rivers. I'm all aboard as well. Very good matchup. Love that they're at home. The Raiders, 18th in passing yards allowed, uh, kind of middle of the pack, 24th in pass DVOA. They can be beat. And I just think that Keenan Allen in tournaments especially makes a ton of sense as a pivot off of A.B., Julio, and Juju, who you know I think are going to come in at very high ownership percentages, and rightfully so. But in tournaments, you want to find – those kind of contrarian pivot plays. And I think Keenan Allen costs some money, which is another reason why he'll probably go somewhat low owned. But I can see just a boomerang week 
where he has nine for a buck 20 and two touchdowns. And that could be huge in tournaments. It, I'm very intrigued by Allen here. All right, real quickly, let's get through the tight end. Chris Meany, who you got? How about Jeff Hireman? Hey, how, how about it? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> Go with deep. Sure. How about, wait, yeah, sure. I mean, honestly, we're going to play Cook. We're going to play Ertz. We're going to play Vance McDonald. If you're putting together a lineup and you have fewer than $3,000 on DraftKings, Jeff Hireman checks in. You look at the rank. It's apparently the, the worst matchup against the Jets possible. Well, they haven't played any good tight ends yet this season. Hireman had a team high seven targets and 57 yards last week. Uh, I know it was against the Chiefs, but Jake Butt's not around there. Who knows? Maybe there's something there. And at this price, at $2,400, whatever he is, he's actually, uh, yeah. He, at that price, a few catches, if he did what he did last week, like a few catches in 57 yards, yeah. you just, you're fine. You move on. We've, we've yeah, already absolutely. talked about Jerry Cook, so I'm going to go off script here and just uh, throw out Ian, Ian Thomas um, for the Panthers with no Greg Olsen. And really? Yeah, yeah, he's very cheap too. No Greg Olson. And the Giants have been solid against tight ends this year. This is a reason he's not, cheap. Well, <laughs> the Giants haven't played any tight ends this year. And um, I'm just going, you know, very off script here because Ian Thomas has been on the field. Um, I believe it's at least over 70% of snaps both weeks without Greg Olson. So he's the Greg Olson replacement. And he, he hasn't done much this, um, this season. And I wouldn't really expect a ton in this matchup, but nobody else is. So he's going to be super low owned. He saves you a ton of money. And I'm not saying it's my favorite play, but he's somebody that you can right. get nuts with. Oh, <laughs> Certainly. I mean, that's, that's straight up bananas. All right, fellas, we're going to talk about our favorite stacks of the week. Stack attack. So Ben's favorite stack is Cam Newton, Ian Thomas. <laughs> As, as long as you throw Christian because McCaffrey because in there, I'm game. <laughs> All right, Ben, who's uh, your, I your just actual favorite it. It's actually stack. Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen from just at home, okay. great matchup. And again, I just think it's an interesting pivot spot, especially when stacks make the most sense in tournaments because you're trying to find that extreme upside. Very interesting pivot spot, even though it really shouldn't be because they have a great matchup too, but it's a week where so many offenses – are in very intriguing spots. I see it maybe going a little overlooked, and as I touched on, I, I think it could be very profitable this week. Meany? Yeah, it's it's Ryan and Julio. Um, I'm locking okay. them in, and I'm, I'm putting Sanu in there as well. And because you guys are so boring, I'll get you with an, a nice value, a nice value stack attack. I'm loving me some Matt Stafford and Marvin yes, yes, Jones. Yes, yes. yes love he it, Mike. Love it. Look, Marvin – Marvin Jones is still getting a 17% target share. He still leads that team in air yards. Is over 15 yards uh, average depth of target. I mean, he's 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 good, right? Yeah. It, it, everyone, the, the new hotness is Kenny Galladay, and everyone's infatuated with him and Golden Tate. But Marvin Jones is getting quality targets, and he is still very very involved in that passing game. Having said that, let's move into the battle royale. DFS Battle Royale. All right, we're going to let Chris Meany go first. Chris Meany, your lineup to face me and face Ben. All right. I am going Matt Ryan at the quarterback position. I have TJ Yeldon in there as well as Deion Lewis. Much like last week, spending down on running backs. 
allowed me to spend up on some wide receivers, Julio Jones and Adam Thielen. I'm also locking in um, Sanu in there as well. So all three of those wideouts. Vance McDonald, let's do the dance this week, boys. Uh, got I, in there I bet all three of us are doing the dance. Yeah. That's just oh, my yeah. It's Yeah, it's, of course. Aaron Jones in the flex. I like that play a lot from Ben. I think this is his coming out party here. Uh, I do think he's the most talented running back in Detroit, allowing the most rushing yards per game. And then I'm spending up for the Titans. You know, they're $4,000 on DraftKings. They're one of the cheaper ones on FanDuel. If you play over on FanDuel, uh, they're just an automatic lock. The Bills rank last in passing yards per game, second last and points per game and Allen has had two sub 200 yard games and he's been sacked well I guess the Bills quarterback has been sacked 21 times it's the most maybe we get it the Bills stink <laughs> they suck man let's, let's pick, pick on, on them they're really bad all well, right I'm ben, trying to um stay grounded in especially in cash games and this is some this is basically a cash game to constantly force myself to lock in these stud running backs because that's not going to hit every week. And maybe this is the week it doesn't hit, but in general, that is the strategy. And so I started this lineup with Todd Gurley and Christian McCaffrey, and I built it around that. I'm going to stay on board with running backs with guaranteed volume and lock TJ Yeldon into my flex just because of how cheap he is and what he can offer up. And I'm going to roll with Matt Stafford at quarterback. I'm going to roll with Mohamed Sanu, Tyler Boyd and Devin Funches, just because I think they're all super cheap and they all make sense for those reasons. We're doing the Vance dance and I'm finishing it up with the Jets. I'm going to pick on my own favorite team, the Broncos. Um, you know, not not the most amazing matchup, but they're twenty six hundred dollars on DraftKings. They're at home and Case Keenum is fine. But that's all I can really say from what I've seen from him so far this year. Um, you know, he, he's susceptible to sacks and he's susceptible to turnovers and the Jets defense has a lot of young talent and I don't think that they should be this cheap. So I'm going to finish up with the Jets. Holy crap. Me and Ben have a very (laughs) similar lineup. Uh, so Marvin Jones and Matt Stafford, that's the stack I started with. I got Yeldon, of course, going with that free square. I finished up my wide receiver position, though. I'm spending a little bit of money. Got Stephon Diggs and Alshon mm. Jeffrey. I'm going nice, both nice. sides of the ball in that Minnesota-Philadelphia game. I'm got, I got Buck mm. Allen in here, Ooh. fellas. I got Buck Allen. Alex Collins missing practice. They say it's precautionary, but you know what is not precautionary? The man's ability to hold on to the football. Ooh. So at $4,700, if somehow That's Buck fine. Allen, uh, or I should say if, if Collins fumbles again, I mean, Buck Allen's, he's the passing downs guy, and he's the goal line guy. Give me that for $4,700. I'm doing the Vance dance. With all that money I saved in my flex position, I, was, I thought I had a, a big power play here, <laughs> but Todd Gurley, just like Ben. So we have, we're just canceling each other out. And then my favorite defense, I don't, I, maybe I'm nuts over here, guys, but give me the Cincinnati yeah. Bengals yep. for $2,700 mm-hmm. at home versus the Dolphins, who just got the squad douche from the New England Patriots. And, oh, yeah, they get Vontae's perfect yeah. back in Cincinnati. So I really, I really, really like that defensive play. Dolphins having success cheap. with all of there these trick plays, but easy to forget they're 30th in yards right. per game in total offense, which is third worst in the league. They suck. Yeah, eventually the tricks stop working and people know what you're going to do. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. For my colleagues, Chris Meany, Ben Cummins, I've been your host, Mike, the fantasy hitman, right? I invite all of you to check out ultimatedfspass.com. And a reminder, 
If you're starting up an account for the first time at FanDuel DraftKings, make sure you use that promo code. Ballers helps you out, helps us out. Good luck, everybody. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.